All right, folks. So, so we're recording. Um, we're super excited about tonight. We have the grief circle going on. Um, we have Yolanda Booker. I, I think her story is, is something that you guys definitely need to hear. Um, I'm also excited about it because I've gone through grief myself. It might look a little different than everybody else's. I, I've grieved the loss of you know, mentors and I've grieved the, the loss of grandparents in weird ways. And I've grieved the loss of relationships and marriages and all sorts of other things. But I, I think grief is, is simply that it's grief. And so no matter where you're coming from, you can benefit from hearing uh, other ways to get through it and hearing other people's stories. Um, the first and foremost, it lets you know that you're not alone and not by yourself. Uh, we're going to let Yolanda Booker open up. Uh, we just, you know how we do, we try to do a quick word of prayer. Um, it doesn't have to be deep. It just has to be uh, authentic because I think that's what God honors is our authenticity. And then I'm going to let her introduce herself, tell you her story, and then we'll kind of go from there. Go ahead, Yolanda. Good evening. Let us open in prayer. Father, we bless you and we thank you. We glorify you. We thank you for this moment, God, this moment that you've given us to come together to learn of grief, to learn of you. So God, we ask that you just be with us tonight, God, that we will walk away from here feeling just a little bit better. And God, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, tell us your story because you told me Hello. your story and, it's, and, and it was amazing. It, it was beautiful. It, it's the fact that it, 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 I think it's over 10 years now at this point. Yes, we're we're actually coming up on ten years. Okay, and so the, even that, and 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 the way you describe it, it, it felt like it was yesterday, but but from a healed place. Like you're coming from a healed place, and that, I think that's huge. And that's where a lot of people are trying to get. We get so many messages from people, um, so often about grief, about grieving, whether it's loved ones, whether it's marriages, relationships, loss of children, family members, parents, all kinds of stuff. So tell us about yourself and your story. Good evening. My name is Yolanda Booker, as Pastor Taylor said. Listen, I am here because um, I lost my son. My son battled cancer coming up on 10 years in May. But of course, you know, I've lost, um, I'm an only child. I lost my mom 20 years ago, suddenly. And just like all of you, we've all lost relationships. We've lost so many things. But for me, I walked through my son battling cancer for six years. And in those six years, I realized later that I grieved him while he was still living. I grieved him through his illness and I grieve him now that he has gotten his wings and went on to be with Jesus, right? And so from that experience, I journaled the entire time that he was sick. And I wrote a book called God's Chosen Son, which was my first book. And through my grieving process, so many things happened. I lost friends. Um, you know, I isolated. I was depressed. I did all of the things that we do. Um, I was angry. I was upset with God, right? Because that's my son. He was 16 when he passed away. And I walked through grief. All of those stages you read about in the books, I probably hit all of them. And I realized that this was a part of my journey. And that I had to walk this walk and I had to process grief. So from that, I wrote Grief Speaks, which is a prompted journal I could just show you. And from the Grief Speaks book, I developed Grief Speaks support group. When I walked through grief with my son, um, I have to say that God was with me, but I didn't realize that God was setting me up. 
because I kept saying, walking with my son through grief, like, okay, Lord, I know that this is his story, but what's my purpose? What's my purpose? I'm his caregiver. That's my son. What's my purpose? And when my son passed away, I realized that God was setting me up all the time for grief speaks. So when we talk about grief speaks, we talk about grief. We talk about the five stages of grief that we often hear about, sometimes seven stages. But I like to talk about grief from a different perspective. I like to talk about the things that people don't talk about. First of all, I like to talk about the fact that grief is not is an emotion and we can give it a voice. It doesn't have to stop with, when you ask somebody, tell me what you think about when you think grief. You most of the time hear sadness, loneliness, crying, and all of those things. But we can give it a voice. So often, you know, our culture, we've been taught that we have to be strong, that we have to keep going, that we can't stop now, and all of these things. But what I've learned in grief is that if nothing more, we have to learn to be honest about the way that we feel. So often we want to be supported through our grief process, right? So you go through, you have the funeral, and most of you probably can identify with me when the funeral is over, everybody goes back to their lives and you're stuck with trying to figure out what to do. Through the process, it's so much going on. You don't even know what just happened. You don't know who you talk to. You just know there's business to attend to, to make sure that your loved one is okay. But there's so many things that happens after that. We go through identity crisis is a thing that I dealt with where my youngest son passed away. My two older children moved out. Um, my husband's job, you know, we, we worked opposite shifts. Now, all of a sudden he was home. So it was all of this change. So one thing I want to say to you, and whenever grief shows up, whenever we lose something, it causes change right? If you lose a job, it still causes change because you have to go somewhere. You have to figure out how to do the job there. You have to meet new people. It influxes change on us. And sometimes it's change that we're not ready for often. So my son moved out. I mean, my oldest son moved out. My daughter moved out. And so now I lost a child, but I also am, a, it's an empty nest now. So here I am in the middle of the room saying, okay, who am I? What am I supposed to do now? Because I was used to being a mom because I still had a young one home. Then it was an emptiness. Like, so now I'm stuck to deal with myself. So I promised God that I wouldn't do what I did with my mom where I kept moving because I had a family, I had a husband. So, you know, I grieved a little bit. I cried a little bit. But, but I felt like I had to keep going. Yep, that part. I had to keep <laughs> going. I have to keep going. Yep. Right. Let me ask you this. So I have I have a a a, a coworker, um, a, a woman, and and she's a little older than me. I'm 35, and, and she's amazing. And she lost her her husband, um, and it was to cancer, and it was uh unexpected. It came about, you know, with without any notice, you know, and it had everything happened in less than a year. And so I know you said you had six, you live with, with your son having cancer for six years, but even six years can feel very sudden when you don't expect to lose somebody. Right. And so yeah. she lost him and, you know, her kids have been trying to, 
you know, be there and be supportive. Um, I know we've talked that she and I have talked and, and the conversation has gotten to, she's even had moments where she was dependent on wine and, you know, and she acknowledged that she knew yes. it the right thing to do, but that's the kind of stuff that churches are not talking about, but that is part of some people's process and failing to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, it gets like that sometimes, you know, like you feel like you might not have other options. How have you been able to depend on God through your process? So I have to be honest with you through the process. I depended on wine. You could, I hadn't smoked cigarettes in 20 years, but you could not tell me that a Newport wasn't going to save my life. I tried it because the one thing that you do in grief is you're just searching. You're but just searching to cure. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. That part. Let's, let's, let's talk the real talk. I used to make a, I used to say this statement to people, but by the grace of God, I'm not in the crack house. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to nobody. And people would laugh at me. But you're saying me, honestly, let me tell you going any kind of way. Yes. The real deal was this. Some days I just wanted to be so numb and whatever would give me that, I might have tried Don't it. For it. Yes. By the grace of God, right? Yes. Because, and that's why when you talk about grief, people say don't make big decisions in the first year. Because in the first year, you're just searching. I just want to feel better. But here's why I developed Grief Speaks. Because I just heard it yesterday. I just wanted to go away. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to go away. But listen, it doesn't go away. Oh, it can get better. Yes. We get better. We manage better when we know better. Mm-hmm. And Grief Speaks was designed to educate, to support. Mm-hmm. My vision is that Grief Speaks <clears throat> and worldwide, that we develop a, a, a community mm-hmm. that will support one another. When you go to AA, you got a sponsor. Yep. You got all these people that you can call, or, that you yep. hope, that you trust. Yep. Because they walk in the same walk. But you know what? When you grieving, you know what people say? <clears throat> Excuse me. Take the time you need. Go ahead. But the moment you stop doing. That changes like, everything. That's jobs. No everything. Employers will tell you all day, oh, grieve. I've had them tell me. My, my uncle died. I, I have, you know, my mother. I have, you know, my, my, my father has his siblings. But from my mother's side, it's my mother. It's my aunt. And then it's my uncle. He's the youngest. My mother my, mother is the oldest. Um, we lost our grandfather. And then, you know, about a year later, my uncle passed. And it, it, we were looking for him for a week. We couldn't find him for a whole week. He moved, set his life straight, got, got everything together. And then we couldn't find him for a week. Nobody heard from him. And then we found him dead. And so, you know, dealing with that and then you have a job telling you, oh, no, take the time you need. But they don't really mean that sometimes because they they want you to continue working and doing the same thing. But you when you're grieving, especially in the beginning, life is not the same. It's not the same. You can there's no way. And I'm a workaholic. I will work through anything that I go through. But at some point you're like, I can't even work through this. But you know what you have? And that's the reason why I said you need to own your feelings. So what I learned in my process is I'm honest about how I feel, mm. even if it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I need to, I need to be okay. And me making you comfortable, it makes me uncomfortable. Doesn't make me okay. So when I learned how to be honest with the people around me, 
then I began to get the support I needed. Because what we do is we walk around. I'm a workaholic, by the way, as well. Yep. But I promised myself I wouldn't drown myself. And I'm going to tell you something. My life, I have given myself permission to never be the person I once was since I lost my son. And and for me, I live my life today simplistically, Mm. but I live it the way I want to. Right? What God called me to do. And I, if I want to take a drive at three in the morning, it don't have to make sense to you. Yep. If that's going to make me feel better, then that's what I'm doing. So for me, owning my feelings helped me because we walk around saying, oh, I'm a strong black woman or I'm stronger. You got to be strong. But what happens is it backfires. It's like a ricochet. You keep saying you, you, you strong and you this and you that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not being honest, you're not doing, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because what happens is this is where the enemy creeps in. If we want to be real about it, you start to get bitter. They don't even check on me. Don't nobody call me. Like, I'm just saying I lost my so-and-so and and nobody even cares. Yep. But you just told them you were fine. Yep. So what people say is, yeah, I talked to her yesterday. She said she could. Oh, good. They don't feel it's an emergency to call you. And when we want, what we do is we wait until we break down. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I'm a therapist as well. So mm-hmm. my thing is this. We need to learn how to be proactive mm-hmm. instead of reactive. Yep. If we go to, but but our culture has taught us. You don't oh, need therapy. Why? It's hard. We fighting a, a, you don't a, need, a, a uphill you don't need therapy. It's not personal. It, it's, it's personal plus it's cultural. We have, and, and, and for black people, especially black women, it's multi-layered. I talk about the same stuff in my book. We're dealing yes. with imposter syndrome, just from being black women in society. We're dealing with, you know, uh, just cultural, uh, um, uh, isms, if you want to call them that, you know, things that were taught, you know, just, just as black women in households and just from witnessing and watching and, and looking at TV and media and, and going over our friend's house and things that we witnessed there. Then you got to add the church aspect to it. The church doesn't, talk about mental health the way that it should you do funeral services and a lot of churches they're supportive you know in that quick season and and then they move on with life and it's nothing negative it's not personal to you but they move on and you're still going through and so there's and a still, it, there. does, it doesn't go away and so yeah. you're you're continually going through and yeah. the thing about it is of course we know it rears its head when it feels like it i always tell people grieving is sneaky Grief is sneaky. It just sneak up. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. And the more you understand about it, the more you're not blindsided. So how many times have we said, am I crazy? Like I was just laughing and now I'm crying. But when you realize that that comes with grief, then you're like, okay, I'm good. And that's my purpose to make sure that people understand the one biggie that I'm telling you, pastor, I'm going to write a piece on this. I'm here and for that's the, And that's the insecurity of grief it's not in the book it's not one of the stages and it should be and i'm gonna tell you why again because whenever there's loss there's change and when change comes sometimes you don't recognize for me when you when i lost my son i was a mother to two other children but i was like oh i'm used to being a mom who am i Mm -hmm. Who am I? When I show up, I want to see the people, but I don't want to see the people. I want to be visible, but I don't want to be visible. You question- I don't even know. 
I don't even purpose. know what I'm doing. Yeah, you question your entire purpose. Our whole theme exactly. here is focused on purpose. And it's not, I mean, you look at the statistics because I'm a numbers person. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, like low-key a nerd and that's cool. I'm, I'm okay with that's part of me accepting who I am um, with the numbers and the math. And, and you look at it and honestly, like people are grieving. People are going through grief and they're suffering from grief. Again, we mentioned it earlier, but from different things that they're dealing with. It's not just the loss of a loved one. It's it's it, it, to death. It's the loss of a loved one from your life, period. Some people, it's relationship stuff. I, I used to think it was weird and, and I thought these people were weird, but I, God had to correct me. You know, I've, I've had co- uh, co-workers and bosses that have lost animals and, 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 and not comparing our loved ones to animals, but that's a form of grief as well. Um, you know, losing a job, you grieve that employment, like things that you're, that are consistent, things that are constant, things that are, that you're used to. Like you said, things that to some degree, identify who you are that are tied to what your about, What about your health? All of that. The people Getting who, old. That's, that's, a, that's a whole word. We got them too. Getting old. People whose lives, it's age, but it's also, we got people that are suffering from stuff that they weren't expecting. And we we got messages from, from people. And I, I mean, this stuff is heavy. Uh, for me, obviously, and I, and I won't be the pastor that lies and says, oh, we got this cover and it's great. It's not. Y'all took me down over the Christmas holiday. When Christmas came and the new year came, I didn't have anything left to give to anybody because I was grieving the stuff that y'all was sending me like it was my own personal problem. That's some some, some stuff that I had to kind of deal with and, and get in a new space. But y'all are going through a lot of stuff. I mean, from, from one thing to, it's something and, and everything matters. We had one lady, she reached out a couple times, not just once, but multiple times and her health is declining and there's nothing she can do about it. And she feels alone right now, right? Like she's yeah. grieving you know, her life as it once existed. And it's now the same. She has medication and a schedule that she has to adhere adhere to that she didn't use to. And I know how I am when, when, you know, my grandparents and, and, you know, everything, you know, with them has gone down and and uncles and whoever else, you know, I, I, I kind of, for people that you see it coming, because sometimes you know it's coming, you know, like you trust God, you pray, you believe it. I had one of my mentors pass away from ALS, destroyed my entire, rocked my foundation because I thought that God was going to change it. And and God, yes, he is yes. supreme and he is sovereign and his plan exceeds anything we could ever ask or imagine. But sometimes it does not make sense to us in our finite, you know, uh, uh, state. Yes. And so I had yes. to a place where it's like, God, do I trust you again? My faith was shaken. My, my whole thing, and I'm a pastor and I'm willing to admit that my entire foundation off of somebody that I, I've known for less than three years, but because of who he was and how much light he had in him, I thought God would have to change it. But then I see the result after the fact, I see what was left behind. I see how much of an impact his life, even ending when it did, had on people, including me, you know, and, and I, I don't know if it would have happened the same way. That's the same way it was with my son. I'm going to tell you, through my son's entire illness, he never complained. He understood what his purpose was, but he wanted, his desire was that God heal him on this side so that he could be a witness that yeah. God was a healer. So of course, I mean, I, I mean, you talking about praying. I mean, I got friends in Africa, you know, wherever. Yeah. And when my son passed away, I felt like God, how did you not hear all of the, these people? Yeah. How is it that you didn't hear us? 
you 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 know and i start the word and every I it was, said come on I the word so, says effectual fervor pair of the righteous right i'm like God, focus I'm on doing yes. everything that i can lord we're praying we're fasting people around the world is praying for him he is desiring just to show people that you are healing how and my question was god how could you not honor that jesus but i had to understand that god is sovereign and guess what? You know what he did for me, though? He took me back and showed me how he answered my prayers, each one of them. Because from the time my son was diagnosed, you probably see him in the background right here in this picture. I love it. I love it. Um, but from the time he was diagnosed, he had cancer started in his leg. It moved from his leg to his brain, to his lung, to his abdomen never complained, never complained. Witness to people in his school who was only given three months to live and that child is in college right now. But God showed me, he said, I did what you asked me to do because my request from the beginning of the journey was, Lord, please don't let my son suffer. And I want to tell you, he didn't. Like the last six months he went downhill, but for, for the other five and a half years, he was a true boy. Yes. I mean, down to the last drip of chemo. He was waiting for the last drop. All right, drop me off at school. Girl. Drop me off at camp. Because I kept saying, Lord, I can't put him in a plastic bubble. You're going to have to cover him. And he did everything boys did, including eat. He never even lost weight. Like his story, that's why I had to write the book. God gave me the, the chapters. He gave me the title. But did I know that he was setting me up? to help other people. Years ago, I asked God what my purpose was and he told me to encourage. Yes. And that's why I call myself today. I don't go over there saying, you know, I'm the this and I'm a grief encourager. Yes. I encourage people who going through that it's okay to grieve. Hmm. That it's okay to cry. My book is, is a prompted journal. Listen, write it down. Everything, Any here's my thing. Everybody grieves differently. Mm. And you know what? The, whatever way you have to grieve, I say do it. Just don't self-destruct. That's what I'm talking about. Some of us cry. Some of us holler. Some of us write. You know, all of us. And I say that to even families. Give each person the room to grieve the way that they need to. You might not understand it, and that's okay. Because that's it's their expected. journey. Yes. Because it's their journey to walk. But when you understand that although we do it different, we're all doing the same thing is when we can come together. And that's what's important. Like, like you said, I say this all the time. I grieve my son before I grieve my son. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I watched my son decline. You watched it. That, that part right? is different. Uh, the anticipatory death. Yes. Anticipatory death because I knew it was coming. My grandfather had 21 strokes before he passed away. And oh after God. the first one, he was never the same. He was different. He came and spoke at my college and I was excited about it. But, you know, that that's the, the body is off a little bit. You know, one side's working right. a certain way, the other yes. side's not. 
21 strokes at, after that. that. That's a lot of strokes for a person to have. And so, you know, he was supposed to pass at one point and they told us, you know, the, the pneumonia is bad and, and he's not going to make it. And I had grieved. I cried. My husband at the time, you know, grieved with me and, and consoled me. And, and it was what it was. And he lasted another four years on borrowed time. And so for me, you know, it was always a, a, a weird thing because you got some family members that are still, you know, going to see him, which is not a problem, but their grief was still showing up, right? Their grief process was them still being present and, and taking what they can get from him. Mine, this is not the same person, you know, that, that I once knew. And yeah, so, I know, right. Yeah, you got to go through that. You 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 still want to be there. You want to be uh, uh, personable and, and humane in the process. But again, everybody grieves different. And so I saw- I mean, my, I'm grieving my, now. My, my mother-in-law mother has, has dementia. And I just lost my sister-in-law this week. Jesus. Right. My mother-in-law, you know, we here with my husband, we watched my son die. And now here we are with his mom, you know, with dementia. It's not easy, but it's part of the process. And the fact that we understand it better, we can manage better. It doesn't feel better, but we manage better. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing, but it doesn't go away. And like I said, so many people, we do that or we try to, you know, I had a person come to me and say, I had a day where I just couldn't pull it together. Mm -hmm. The young lady comes to me and say, well, Yolanda, I know, you know, that God is, God is sovereign and he don't make mistakes. And you know, out of this and out of that. And she went on and on and I let her finish. But when she finished, what I said to her was, you know what? You're right. God is all of those things. And I know God for myself, but and it I'm does, but it does yes. not change. How I feel. I feel Woo! right now. That part. But that's something that church people, I think we 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 try very hard. I don't think it, it's malicious intent all the time. I think oftentimes you got religious leaders, and I'm not talking about just Christian leaders. For, for the purpose of this convo, we can talk about Christian leaders, but I've talked to you know religious leaders of other faiths, and it's the same. You we try to give what the word says in those times of need instead of honoring what God's trying to do in those moments. Sometimes yeah. I don't have to tell you everything or every scripture that I know that I feel might be a benefit or service or related to your issue. Sometimes I just need to listen. Sometimes I just need to let you vent. Sometimes I just need to pray for you. Um, there are different things that can be done in those moments. And so I want to oh, ask yeah. what helps you. And it, it can be, again, we grieve differently, but not only do we grieve differently, but we grieve differently at different moments in our life. So you can lose four different loved ones and grieve four different ways for each of them. So what has worked for you from religious leaders to help you move forward? So for me, I went to counseling. Mm -hmm. I did have, I had spiritual counseling, but I also had just secular counseling. Yes. I felt like I needed both yes. because I felt like my spiritual counsel was good. He, he pointed out some great things to me about myself, not just about the Bible, but about myself. But I also felt like I needed another piece because I felt like some of it was overlooked or overshadowed with just what the words say. Again, I said, I know God. I yeah. know him for myself, but I need somebody to tackle what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Not what I, that part I know, but what I feel. So I did have now, a, a, my a emotions, two different things. Right. Mm -hmm. I had, I, I went to see a counselor for me. I, I, um, I write 
I'm a I'm a journaler. I, I have to get it out of my mind and on paper, or I'm ex, or I'm exploding. So I have to get it out, Love right? It. And 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 I like helping other people because that's what I was designed for. So mm-hmm. helping other people helps me. Um, there's coping skills. In grief speaks after every um, support group, we I teach a coping skill because here's the thing: it's one thing when I can sit with you for an hour and you can tell me what to do and I can do it well, but it's different when that thing hit four in the morning and ain't nobody home and I can't call nobody and I don't know what to do and I'm crying my eyeballs out and I don't know what to do because that's the that's the kind of some of the areas where we hit the bottom. And when we hit the smoking, because ain't nobody around and I don't have nobody talk. So, you know, I'm just taking drinks. I'm going to sleep, you know, that kind of stuff. But when we learn the coping skills of how we can deal with this, you know, some people I I had to learn some people. I had to say a friend of mine, she said, I had a moment. She said, I don't know what to say. And me being honest as I am, I said, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me like with this kind of like puzzled look. And I said, listen. There's nothing you can say right now that's going to make me feel better. Right. But, but what I do need you to do, just, just stay right there. That part. And let me have this moment because I need this moment. Oh and stay there in case I need you. But don't look for something to say because then that probably don't do nothing, but it's just not going to be the same. You know, and a lot of times we do that. We fish for stuff to say, saying stuff and not realizing, then it becomes offensive and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Listen. Just don't say most. There is such a thing as a ministry of silence. Quiet. Just sit there. You know, we we ask this question often too. Well, if you need anything, let me know. Honey, I'm grieving. I don't know what I need. Right. I don't know. I can tell you to wash the dishes. And if we do know what we need, it's usually something that you can't provide. You cannot fix what what I'm going through. You can't change that part. Right. (laughs) If it's not physical tangible thing yes but but you know but for some of us who we all have to support somebody so just wisdom is be led to what to do don't ask just do it if you want to send them something send it if you want to send a word like me personally when people pass away or when I know people are grieving I don't come running right away I never do I'll come I'll give you some time this is just my own personal way I give you time because what happens is somebody just passed away and here comes everything. You didn't even get a chance to process it. You worried about the funeral, you're doing everything else, your mind ain't even there. So what I do is often, and people can tell you, I'll send you texts, but it'd be like kissy faces or smiley faces or hearts. And that just really means I'm thinking about you. There's nothing to say. Yes. There's nothing to say. So I just send you that to let you know that you are on my heart. And that's it. I don't say, oh, I'm praying for you and da, da, da. No. What happened? You know, that's the big, well, what happened? No. Listen, you're just on my mind. My niece lost her mother this week. My sister-in-law, I talked to her. She was in the hospital. I said to her, listen, I need you to get better. I know that the worst has happened. There's nothing I can say, but I'm here. You get better, right? But sometimes we need, we can be quiet. There's other times that we need to talk, but overall as the griever, I just want us to learn to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, to be honest because it helps us get what we need and it frees us. Mm -hmm. 
it frees us. I had a friend talking about her niece who had passed away and my son was in the hospital at the time. We was in the hospital room actually. And she was like, oh yeah, she was reminiscing. It was a beautiful moment for her. But for me, my son fighting for his life and you talking about somebody who already died from cancer. Mm. So in that moment, I turned to her and I said, listen, I can't, not right now, please not right now. And she said, I'm so sorry. I said, you didn't do anything wrong, mm -hmm. but I can't handle that right now. Mm -hmm. She didn't do anything wrong, nope. but me just being able to tell her the truth. I can't talk about somebody who already died from what my baby is sitting here, you know, fighting through. She also did was open a door for her to be able to talk to you when she felt the same. And that, that, that's the thing people don't understand. I have a friend of mine. She lost her daughter. Her daughter was not even two years old yet. Um, she went to my parents' church, beautiful young woman, and the, her baby had cancer and we prayed and we, you know, we fasted and we did all the stuff they tell you to do in church and, and God had his way. It was his will. And we got the call. It's always, for me, it hurts when people believe to the end, cause I'd be wanting to believe with them to the end. And then God still does something according to his will, but different than what we expected. And so right. having to come to the hospital thinking, you know, okay, she still has a chance and we get there and, and her daughter was dead and she was holding her dead daughter and there was nothing to say. You know, it, it's a room full of, of other mothers and other pastors and evangelists and elders. And, and I, I even respected how all of them kind of just followed suit with what God wanted for that moment, because there was nothing for anybody to say, you know, like even the ones that have lost their, their, their children before they knew what they've been through and they knew that whatever she needs is what we here for. It might not be what we're, we, you know, what we needed, but we're going to give it to her. And we just ended up singing, you know, and, and God moved even yeah. in that and just loving on her. And there yeah. was nothing else. There was nothing else to do. I want to read you um, a couple of these um, responses that we got. And, I, and I'll say people's first names. I won't give last names because I don't want to give out personal details and just questions that they might ask. And so these are in reference to uh, shout out because, you know, we got to give shout outs to our partners. Shout out to CV Outreach, a.k.a. CV Global, um, for sending all these amazing people our way that, that need help and assistance. And we're trying to help them in small numbers, but also in masses. And so things like tonight's session is something that we can send to the masses, whether people acknowledge that they need assistance or help or not. Um, we're still here to help them and they have it available. However, they see fit on their time um, in their own way. In addition, to that, I want to shout out um, Dr. Booth and, and FACT, um, uh, Federation Association of Christian Counselors and Therapists for the certification program that they have going on um, and the fact that we're able to um, uh, train people the way that they need to be trained moving forward in order for them to help more people. Um, it, stats are what they are. People who go through tend to want to help people. And so we want to support them in, in getting whatever they need to do that. Also, shout out to Clinicians Pray and Dr. Tina Scott um, yes. for everything she do does on a monthly basis, a consistent basis. We had to beg her, you know, to give us rates because she does it out of the kindness of her heart. Her and her husband have an amazing ministry going on. And so we want to just continue to be supportive. Um, we, we got uh, Tony, Pastor Tony Purnell and Minister Tony Purnell from her and also Sarah Ashley Andrews. And, and she has some amazing things going on with the mobile therapy services that she's offering. Um, please make sure you check out Yolanda Booker's Grief Speaks um, and, and check out the website, check out her social media and all that good stuff. And I just wanted to pause there to, to, to do the basics. You know, you got to do like they say in church. Uh, you know the, the <laughs> stuff. Um, all that part all that and so uh, we got this one thing in and it, it's not even a lot of, of response but it says this person is feeling alone and unimportant and they lost uh the, their sibling is not checking in so it's not even a death yet 
but they haven't heard from their sibling. Um, they haven't, you know, and, and that's a loss and that happens, you know, families are disrupted for whatever reason. And this person is, is grieving the, the, again, these are only people and I'm only uh, addressing on, on this particular uh, uh, call or this particular podcast, addressing the folks that have responded to the grief uh, videos that CV Outreach has posted. So this person um, is feeling alone or unimportant. Um, and the issue is that their sibling has not checked in with them yet. Any advice for them? My advice to that person would be to grab strength from someone that they trust, mm -hmm. someone that they feel that will give them back the significance because you are important. Just the fact that you are alive and well, that means that you are important. I would try to connect with someone, whether if it's your church, whether it's a, a coworker, a girlfriend, or a friend just to be able to have someone to support you through this and not try to do it alone. Isolation you is not a good thing because we don't have support. So get with someone that you feel you can trust that can help you through this and walk this journey with you to help you feel better versus trying to do it alone. That would be my advice. All right, I'm ready for the next one. I love it. Um, this person, same thing, feeling alone or unimportant. And some of these are the, the first level of this is something that they select from a drop down. So some the, that part will be similar for. But Mary said, basically, uh, my only child died and she's she's going through grief. Any advice for her? Again, Mary, I would say, you know, there's no words for losing a child. And I understand that. But what I would say to you is to grab hold to the memories that you have of your child. Mm -hmm. Honor your child with your life. Also, join a support group. Listen, you're always welcome to join Grief Speaks. We are virtual and in person. Um, so anywhere around the world and get in a community of people that understand what you're going through. That way you don't feel alone and you do have those that you can lean on or call on in your time of distress. But other than that, I would say, get that moment. One thing that helps me, I always think about the funniest thing that my son did to, to shift my mood. I will just think about that thing that always would give me that belly laugh. And mm -hmm. as you begin to think about it, you'll begin to smile. And then you might even chuckle. And then you might even giggle. It'll get you through that moment. Mm -hmm. But again, honor your child with your life. You're here for a purpose. And I know that doesn't change the way that it feels. But again, get around some people, join Grief Speaks, let us love on you and let us support you. Come on, and we're gonna ask you for your info. I got one more for mm -hmm. you. This one is simple. This is just because I have the coworker that went through this as well, but shout out to Dana for writing in and Dana lost her husband. I think the, these are all grief is like you said, it's unique in how we respond to it, but it's also unique in every situation. Losing a spouse, you're losing the, the essentially your other half. You're losing, and, and I'm not saying it's better or worse than losing a child. None of that, I don't think that that exists. There's no spectrum of better and worse situations for me. So I don't believe in, I believe they're all horrible. And you know, like it's right, all- Exactly. Rough. Right, that part. Um, I do think though, like laying down next to this person, you know, uh, most of your life and then going to lay down, like you said, in those, those 4 a.m. hours, that 2 a.m. hour and realizing that this person dreaming about this person being next to you and they're no longer next to you. How, what advice do you have for somebody going through that? For someone that has lost a spouse, 
I often say, you know, your whole life is different because you lost, first of all, your life partner, but it changed the trajectory of your life because sometimes we go from a two, you know, it might be two income household. So a lot of things, you go through a lot of changes. But what I would also say again is find that thing about your husband that really lights you up, whether it was a shirt, a cologne, you know, often I say light a candle. And when you light that candle, look at how the candle lights the room and think about your husband and think about all the memories that you made and how the bond was and, and try to just gravitate from those memories and then what you do when we get that is then we can branch off and do so many things you can make a scrapbook you can look at wedding pictures it just really depends on the person because sometimes you you're not ready for that right sometimes you can't look at pictures so it really would be what you're able to do but one thing we all have in common is we have memories and we have those unique memories that makes our heart smile so take some of those memories and, and whatever you want to do with them, you know, if it's a picture, hang it up, but, but connect with your husband in a way that only you can, maybe it's his cologne, maybe it's his pillow, anything that makes you feel good and never worry about what people think, because it's always about what makes you get to the next moment. Cause we only have moment for moment. It's not minute, it's not hour, it's moment to moment. So do what you need to do to get to the next moment. My, my disclaimer is just, you know, if you feel any way that you feel that you may self-destruct or something that will harm you, then find someone that you trust to walk with you. I'm here for it. any last advice. And then I want you uh, at the end to just, just throw all your information out. Obviously we'll pull this from you and we post the podcast, we'll post links and things like that. So, you know, you can give it to them uh, verbally too. Cause some people operate that way. I, I believe in different learning styles. So however people <laughs> right. want to give it to them. So give them your final words, final advice, and then anywhere we can find you on social media and all of that, please. Yes. So my final words for you tonight is thank you so much for joining us. But I want you to understand that your grief journey is just that. It's yours. It's yours alone. Whatever way you need to do it, you do it. But one thing to know is that you're never alone because God said he will always be with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. I know there's moments we feel like he, that no one's around, but God is still right there. So my last moments would be do what you need to do with you, for yourself physically. Definitely adopt some self-care. And I don't mean nails and hair. I mean some time for yourself, some time to reflect and spend some time with God so that he, because he has the, he is so sovereign that he has a way of showing us things that we never saw. He'll give us memories that we never, we, we forgot it even happened. He has a way of giving us what we need. So if anything, I would say to you, draw near to those in the flesh, but draw near to God and he'll carry you through it. You can find me. I hope that everyone was blessed tonight. I certainly have been blessed. You can find me on Facebook at Grief Yolanda Grief Speaks. I'm on Instagram as Grief Speaks and the number one. My website is www.griefspeaks1.com. You just have to remember the one. 
yes. um, on all of these handles. Wait, I'm the <laughs> um, one. No, just remember that. Right? Put that one on there. That one on it, right? <laughs> um, also, you can email us at support at griefspeaks1.com. Yes. And I just want to invite everyone listening. Grief Speaks meets twice a month. We'll meet on March the 9th virtually and in person. And on March 23rd, you are invited to our Grief Speaks Paint Night. It'll be a support group. And what we're gonna teach is a coping skill using paint. Some people can just get it all out with the paintbrush, right? Another coping skill. So you are invited, it is free. We would love to have you. Pastor, listen, invite whoever you need to invite. We for Listen, we got an email list, an e-blast of people we want to send this to. And 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 uh, I'll send you the flyer. Yeah. Please do. But I but I, I want to encourage you like I do every other business owner, everybody else that crosses my path. The free thing is temporary. I know you're doing it out the kind oh, of absolutely. Heart, but a, a, a man or a laborer is worthy of their hiring. So we want to make sure that we honor that as well. Um, folks, please check out Yolanda Booker. Please check out griefspeaks1.com. Um, Make sure you go to the website um, for all of the events that she has. If she continues to send us the flyer, we'll continue to offer those services to you. We're not trying to overstep. That's not how we move with Promises Churches. We just want to get you to access to the resources and to what's available to you. Um, and, and it don't have to be us. We don't want it to be us. We want it to be everybody that has trained and everybody that's gone through what they've gone through. And God has uh, brought them to a place to give and pour back into you. And so she does this and she does an amazing job at it. And so please check her out. Um, we're going to close in a word of prayer again, Yolanda, I appreciate you tremendously for your story and for not allowing it to break you. Cause it, it, I mean, honestly, we, we all agree and easily we can go through something and, and, and it can take us out. And so I thank God for having his hand on your life and, and for allowing you to use your story uh, as a testimony so that people, their lives are now changed because of the work that you do. Thank you so much. But by the grace of God. That part. <laughs> but by the grace of God. Really. I love it. Because my, my, my vision has always been to be in the corner crying all day and all night, but God said otherwise. Yeah. So here I am. So um, would you like me to close us out? Go ahead, close us out. Okay. Oh, Father, we bless you. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for knowledge. We thank you for willing hearts and open minds, God. We just thank you tonight that you will comfort each person under the sound of my voice like only you can. Oh, God, we thank you for providing every need, God. We thank you for just walking alongside of us as we grieve, as we go through this process. God, knowing that in the end, you already said we win, but we have to stay the course. So, God, I thank you. I thank you for Pastor Taylor. Lord, God, I thank you for just all that you're doing through her, in her. Lord, I just thank you for the connection. God, we just thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God amen. bless y'all. Love God you. Bless. Uh, send me everything. God bless, God bless y'all. Have a good one. <laughs>